Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Well, hi, and welcome to episode 185 of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Sean Wisniewski, back after a bit of a, a hiatus, uh, and I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Barton. Diami is away uh, with his family this week, so it's a, he gets to enjoy himself and we get to be here. Uh, tonight, we're talking with our good friend, Megan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you may know her if you're also a bard aficionado or uh, into book editing or woodworking, which hopefully we all are if we're listening. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Just fine, thanks. Wonderful. For longtime listeners, you hopefully know who Megan is. Uh, Megan, uh, I guess, could we start with uh, saying a little bit about yourself? I know you're 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 doing a little different thing nowadays. I am. Well, as you may or may not know, I was editor of Popular Woodworking Magazine, but I left in December of last year, and have basically been doing a lot of freelance since then, working with Christopher Shores and John Hoffman at Lost Art Press, doing some editing, working with Joshua Klein and Mike Updegraff at Mortis Antenna Magazine. I'm copy editing for them, and I'm supposed to be writing an article that I'm behind on. And let's <laughs> see, um, I am also putting out books of my own under the moniker Rude Mechanicals Press, mm-hmm. and I just had my first book out which is Peter Nicholson's Mechanics Companion. And starting in September, I'm the editor of the EAIA, Early American Industries Association, uh, journal The Chronicle. So, wow. yeah, I need a little more to do, but it's that part. <laughs> and you're also teaching classes, too. Oh, sure, and I'm teaching woodworking classes, yeah. uh, usually at Lost Art Press, but also a couple of places around the country. I just got back from... Uh, Port Townsend, Washington, the Port Townsend School of Woodworking, which mm. I have to say is one of the most beautiful places I've ever had the pleasure of visiting. And the class nice. was a lot of fun, too. And <laughs> I'll be in uh, Maine at Lee Nielsen in September teaching a class there as well. Is that part of their open house or no. is that a separate thing? Yeah, they have weekend wor- uh, workshops all summer long, and I'm the oh. closing one of the summer in September. Whoa. I'll be up in July, too, though, for the open house. Hmm. Well, before we get too too far into it, is anybody working on anything that's not like crazy editing? Any any woodworking <laughs> specific? Kyle, I know you just recently finished a chair. Yeah, finished. Uh, took a class up there at uh, Lost Art Press, which uh, I think regular listeners have heard all about. But uh, <laughs> I have pretty much got the chair glued up, and I just need to um, just do some you know final sanding and whatnot, and hopefully I'll have it all finished by the end of this weekend. And uh, then it's on to a um, commissioned uh, bar stool. So I got a friend of mine wants a couple of bar stools. So I'm going to make make a couple of stools next. Cool. A, a, any original design in that, or are you just trying to put four legs on a circle and call it a bar stool? Um, there might be some original design. I think I'm I'm going to use uh, Peter Galbert's. Um, not not his perch stool, but the four legged stool. I think maybe Curtis Buchanan actually designed that, and um, Peter's kind of uh, done a little refine. But it's a four legged stool, and the the legs kind of uh, are steam bent. They kind of flare out at the very end, 
And, mm. um, it's a pretty nice little stool. So I think I might do that. Uh, three legged, um, his perch style, but I think the perch style is more for, you know, desk type sitting and, 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 uh, things of that nature. I don't think anyone's built that into a bar stool, but Hey, I can be the first. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give it a try. But yeah, I'm going to probably do some mock up and, um, you know, some, uh, maybe poplar and red oak and just try to, try to see if I can nail it and then I'll build from there. So luckily, uh, the guy that's uh, commissioned for is a good friend of mine and realizes I build really slowly, <laughs> <laughs> which is always a help. Yep. That's, it's good to know if you're yeah. not, if you're not quick, at least you can still be good yes. kind of thing. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. But, uh, anyway, the other thing I'm doing is, um, I'm going to do a little experiment. Uh, you know, I have been using Osmo and I've been getting some good results. There's a bit of a learning curve as I've ex- described in the past, but they also make a colored version of that. So I ordered a little sample of that. So I'm going to see, um, how that is. I ordered a uh, black. And I'm going to, I think one coat lets the wood grain show through two coats makes it opaque. So I figured it was like, I forgot what it was, 10, 12 bucks for a little sample of it. Um, so I'm just going to, um, give that a shot on some test boards and see how that looks as opposed to, you know, a traditional, um, milk paint finish or something, um, something like that just to see, you know, how it looks. So very cool. Yeah. So well, what about you, Sean? Nothing. <laughs> Never anything. <laughs> I uh no, and it's it's sad, but but good all at the same time. My my two boys are now both well, the one just turned twelve, so he's almost a teenager, and are very active in sports. And so for the past seven weeks I've been in town for one weekend and uh and running to practices from days and days and then trying to fill in all the other duties, uh in uh, in the spare free time, I actually mentioned today, like I'm I'm legitimately exhausted at this point because we come home from a, an outdoor tournament and then we work for four and a half days and we leave to go out of town for the next tournament again and it's just taxing. Mm-hmm. So so right now I I got Jack, but uh, soon and it's hardly woodworking. But the addition that we did uh, we converted a three season room into my boys my older son's um, bedroom. It is still not sighted. I I cheated it and I uh, house wrapped it, and that lasted over the winter. But now uh, and spring for that matter, and uh, but now in com- coming up in the next couple of weeks when we're finally not here or not gone on the weekends, that's the next thing to tackle is to do that and possibly slowly, like one edge at a time, strip off the outside of my house, insulate the walls because they're not insulated, mm-hmm. and and then side them again. So, so what, are you, what are you siding with? I think vinyl, but like mm-hmm. uh, the look of Shake. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the company that we were looking at that makes it. Um, it is Cedar Shake right now, mm-hmm. but salvaging it to put it back is a nightmare. Right. Because it's it was installed in 1956 and been painted a few times, and mm-hmm. the stuff I took off when I was doing that addition, it just had some low low stuff or under the windows, and it cracked like crazy. It was impossible. So um, the we're going to kind of modernize, but try to not be boring, just right. standard shiplap vinyl look. Yeah. So. Hopefully there was no lead in that paint. You know, I don't know. We burned yeah. some just for fun, so... <laughs> 
my kids were involved. I mean, I, I just hope the exposure was minimal. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I honestly I don't know because I'm sure it's been painted uh, you know a dozen times in the decades. Well, I think as long you know. as they don't eat it, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and there wasn't a t- ton of airborne. But there was, and I, I don't know the blown-in installation that was put in that area. It was built in the 70s, so I hopefully it was on the enough on the tail end of the, yeah. the asbestos movement. But um, my my two kids, while we were at work, were tearing the ceiling down in this three-season room and being showered with blown insulation. And they, I don't know if they were wearing dust masks or not, so hopefully you know mesothelioma isn't in their future, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's 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 an adventure. It always is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This could quickly turn into the home renovation podcast. How about you, Megan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, I'm actually uh, well. I'm trying to design furniture for my house because I need to build a five foot long vanity for the bathroom and put a sink in it. So that's actually mm-hmm. somewhat furniture related. Sure. And then also a uh, built-in for the hallway, something that looks like it would have been original to the house. And I, they're both really great ideas in my head, and that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> how what? How old is your house? Nineteen oh. You know, it's actually unclear because there was a fire or a flood or something at the county courthouse, and some of the records were lost. Mm. I have seen. It ended up. It was on the. Um, Oh, the Sanborn maps in 1905, but the county says it wasn't built until 1906. So yeah. the county has to be wrong, but it's somewhere right around 1900. Yeah. What's a year when it's over 100? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So like, what what was the style back back then for a built-in like? Well, it's an art. It's sort of a transitional between. It's it's technically a four square, even though it doesn't have four rooms on the first floor. Uh, but it's a four square style. But it bridges late Victorian and arts and crafts. So arts and crafts, basically. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, like all the shaker built-in or shaker, all the uh, arts and crafts built-ins that would have been in a a Sears home at the time. That sort of a thing. I'm just going for that look. And. That's the easy one, though, because I'm actually I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say I'm cheating. I'm using the right material for the job, and that is I'm using plywood for the carcass, and then I'll put a, a face frame on it that matches all the trim work. Yep. I mean, but, had if they were around, if they were around today, the shakers would use pocket screws too. It's okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, they invented the <laughs> circular saw. I have no problem. Right. With exactly. So, because you know, whatever's yeah. behind the face frame, it doesn't really matter. It just needs to look good and stay together, and I'll uh, be happy with it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I thought was interesting is you went to, I guess, the annual meeting of the EAIA. Hopefully uh-huh. I got that name right. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was all these uh, tools that you know you took uh, some pictures of at the i guess one of the museums y'all went by and a lot of the old woodworking tools and i'd seen like a barnes lathe before but i didn't know there was a barnes table saw a barnes router table <laughs> you know it's just that like... <laughs> that museum is amazing it's an industrial museum so yeah. they have um the preserve uh, its trades represented uh, you know across the board uh, mm-hmm. soft soft crafts and printing i was fascinated by the printing press stuff too but yeah, those pedal-powered things were just amazing. A shaper, they were just absolutely gorgeous. I loved them. I don't want to use one, but I love looking at them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they were restored so well. I mean, it's just oh, like, they're just gorgeous. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's in the, oh gosh, where were we in Pennsylvania? Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So if you ever get to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, go to the Industrial Museum. It's it's truly astounding. Hmm. I've seen um, up at the the Ford Museum, they've got a couple old machines, planers and stuff from mm. from the, I guess maybe early 1800s is about as good as they get. But that was interesting to see when I was there. But yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, right. it's cool town altogether. Yeah. Well, cool. So, I mean, back on to, on to you, Megan. I mean, we kind of <laughs> brushed over everything uh, you're you're doing. I don't know, like, what's what what would you like to talk about the most? It, you know, we it, it's you're <laughs> doing cats. so many. No, yeah, no. your cats, lovely. <laughs> you're, you're doing so much. It's hard to it's hard to pick one one thing to to chat about. But, um, like, well, I mean, I... what's the newest, most adventurous thing you got going on? Wow, that's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> driving to Maine because that's absolute craziness. But no, um, probably the fact that I have uh, a cat fort in my front hallway. All the the I absolutely am thrilled uh, to get Mechanics Companion into so many hands. Mm-hmm. But I could get it into twice as many more hands and still have some boxes left. <laughs> so uh, I have a. A cat fort, as I like to call it. It's actually more of an edifice, maybe an art installation. <laughs> I don't know how many boxes are in here. Let's see. Eight, uh, there's about 60 boxes of books sitting in my front hallway right now. Thankfully, I have a large front hallway, so I can get around them on both sides, which is a good thing. Is but, this because you're, you're hand autographing each one of these, or no, you're the central... Yeah. You're the central distributorship, or like I am. I am the everything. I did yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, this is what I'm doing now. Is my for my own business is doing um, Lost Art. I love working with Lost Art Press. Uh, what they do is a little different than what I'm doing. Of course, they're doing mostly new books um, related only to woodworking. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to do is bring back some older books. All. These are available online as downloads, but they're craft downloads. And if you get them as print-on-demand books, they tend to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, I'm, I'm only doing a few because I'm really busy with other things. So I don't even know what the next one's going to be yet, but it won't be until 2019 because I've spent the last 48 hours taping and packing and shipping all of these, and my, my wrists need time to recover. But mm-hmm. Well, hopefully my cards you know, will get here all soon. <laughs> It should. They're actually already arriving. It's yeah, yeah, I got a, got a shipping notice, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited well, because I'm one of the ones that went out there with the free downloads and actually tried to read that. I didn't try to print it off, but as after <laughs> after about, you know, I don't even think half a chapter, I go, this is the pit. So I'm really looking forward to getting it. <laughs> well, good. Well, yeah. mine is prettier. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Now, but, you know, what, I think what book did you use to, to um, uh, uh, you had an original copy, I assume you got from somewhere yeah. too. Yeah, I borrowed one from uh, from Chris, of course. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to purchase one, but then uh, the price on it was a little too steep for me, so he kindly let me borrow his. And I just scanned every page and cleaned up all of the uh, the foxing and uh, replaced some letters that had been dropped um, that had been you know scraped off over the years or what have you. So it still has the feel of an old book, and in fact, it's manufactured as well as a pre eighteen sixty book on acid-free paper, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's hardcover. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. The information is great, and it will outlast any of us, and that's really what I was going for. I want books to be as well-made as the furniture that we all build. So There you go. Well, is cool. it um, 
and I, I still need to order my own, but um, so I'll get yeah, it someday. Yeah, I didn't ship one to you. I, I know, know I'll get there. I know I'm everybody. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. She has um, a list. She's checking it off. Yeah. Uh, All right. Exactly right. <laughs> right. Um, is it is it in the same vein of the Moxon book that Chris brought out? God, how many six seven years ago? Where there's some editorial or clarification stuff that you've inserted in into the text, or did you just take page for page? I just did page for page um, okay. on this one because Mechanics Companion is a compilation of all of the building trades of the time period, right around 1800. So mm-hmm. I could have taken just, and that's what Chris did with Moxon. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. He took just the part on woodworking and uh, did the commentary on that. For the next book I do that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet, though I am thinking of doing something more like that. Okay. Um, I, this was sort of a... I wanted, I've always wanted a copy of Mechanic's Companion, and I couldn't mm-hmm. afford to buy an original, and it just annoyed me. So I said, well, hell, I'll make one. So I did. But um, it was also to get my Photoshop's, you know, I've been working with editing software and the magazine for years and years and years. I mean, I've been publishing in one way or another since, wow, 1998? Yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I worked for a newspaper before that. So a really long time. I'm very old. Anyway, I had to learn all of the scanning software and and high-powered Photoshop skills and things like that. So I wanted to do that and get this out there before I also add commentary. Yeah, so, yeah, no. Yeah, I know you had and a the, blog post out there about uh, doing removing all the foxing. And uh, yeah. I, I found that pretty fascinating. Just uh, It looked like an arduous task. I mean, you basically page by page, illustration by illustration to remove any staining or anything like that. For those that are not familiar with what, what foxing is. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. it was long, arduous and involved, but it was a really good learning experience. And now I know a lot more about Photoshop and that was really part of my goal in doing it. So mm. now, now I know and, and I'll you- never, I'll, Never and, forget. Yeah, and <laughs> you spoiled my next question because I was going to ask you what the next book was going to be. So, mm. <laughs> oh, not yet, not, <laughs> not yet. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm actually writing um, that I hope to put out, but I really don't think it'll be until 2020 or so. As you may know, I am a failed PhD scholar in Shakespeare. I quit mm. before I finished my dissertation because I didn't have. I couldn't. I was time limited, and I ran out of time. Mm-hmm. So I had to choose to stay at the magazine or write my dissertation, and I chose the magazine uh, at the time. And I wanted to change my dissertation to, we have something at the University of Cincinnati that's called a creative dissertation. So poets and people who write novels or short stories can write a a thing, you know, a book mm-hmm. of poetry or a novel, and then a, a short critical paper to go with it. I asked if I could build some of the furniture that's mentioned in the plays in the period and then write the short critical paper. And they, they kind of laughed me out of the room and said, no. So I'm going to write that anyway. It's going to be, there called, you go. yeah, it's going to be called Shakespeare's furniture. So really it's not unlike Nancy Hiller's book that just, just came out on English arts and crafts furniture uh-huh. and not, you know, in some ways like anarchist tool chest from Christopher Schwarz, where the whole front of it is the, the history, the philosophy, the the fitting it into the time period, and then there'll be builds in the back section. So I'm going to write that book. It's going to take me some time, obviously, because mm-hmm. I have to uh, do a lot more research and build all the pieces. But I will write that book. That is- <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I mean, you're you're going to take the you know what is known to be the style of the time, but then taking his words as 
dressing on those to see if there's yeah. like any any style effects that he was envisioning differently. Yeah, I yeah I, I haven't really thought it completely through yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. and I haven't read Shakespeare, so <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. You'll I'll, find a lot more. I, I know. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I I know the the popular bits. I know, but I don't know the details <laughs> of Shakespeare. Yeah, well, well, it's not just Shakespeare. I'm calling it Shakespeare's furniture because that's catchy. But mm-hmm. Ben Johnson, for example, there's other period uh, period playwrights who mention furniture in their plays as well and woodworking things. So Ben Johnson famously compared somebody to an old glue pot, and that's just perfect <laughs> because you can yeah. see wrinkled, gnarly, yep. nasty-looking face of an unclean, dried-out glue pot. It's perfect. Yep. So I just love things like that. That's very so. cool. What what is the that time period? Is that the mid fifteen hundreds? Sixteen? I uh, let's just call it sixteen hundred. Shakespeare okay. writing from approximately fifteen eighty eight to probably sixteen oh eight. So okay, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Cool. Yeah, so, well, I, ho- I hope lots of people think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa wasn't was there a much gilding in that time period? That came no. later, didn't it? That came like oh, there might have been in France. I don't know yeah. about those people. Across the channel too much, but uh, no, not not in not, not in Jacobian furniture, Elizabethan. No, yeah. no, it's a lot like what Peter Follensby makes. Really, if, right. if you had, right. yeah, think Peter Follensby. That's about the right time period. Mm-hmm. Okay, hmm. so lots of mortise and tenon joints, not too many dovetails, which is you know funny because mostly when I teach classes, they are dovetail classes dressed up inside of a project. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't be making any for that book, so. But that's a while uh, a while away still. Yeah, no, that's a that sounds like a very cool project though. I'm excited about it. <laughs> we'll we'll keep our eye on it. But right now, I'm just excited about the Nicholson book because I li- I literally got it in last week. So. So and I and I know you've been promoting it. So any is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where should people go? Yeah, they should go to rudemechanicalspress.com, which is a really long and silly. Uh, URL, but that is also taken from Shakespeare, like my uh, Twitter and Instagram handle, which is one snug the joiner, uh, both from the Midsummer uh, Midsummer Night Stream. Uh, the rude mechanicals are people who built things with their hands, and it was a term that was used by during the time period for anyone who built with their hands. Oh. And you have a new logo. Yes, I do. <laughs> the uh, the cat logo from Practical Woodworker. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. It's a little silly, but uh, it's me. I'm a little silly, so that's about right. That's right, that's right. I was born to speak all mirth and no matter. Uh, That's, you know, Shakespeare, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with that now. I'll stop. (laughs) You don't have to. It's okay. So tell us about the the class you just got back from um, in uh, the Washington area. Oh, I was teaching a small version of the anarchist tool chest, uh, the traveling tool chest. Mm-hmm. And it was, there's something in the air out there because everybody was so good. Everything I had planned to teach kind of went out the window on day three because people were farther ahead than I've ever experienced in a class before. And so I had to rethink a lot of it on the fly, which sorry if any of my students are listening. I hope you didn't notice, but I'll bet you did. Uh, I had to uh, rethink how we were doing the lids, for example, because they're a, a raised panel, but it's uh, 
there's a, a groove in the center panel and then a groove in the rails and styles and they slip together. And mm-hmm. we were going to do the, run those on the machinery for the students, but they all did it by hand. So we got out the, the uh, plow planes and, and made those by hand. And uh, I wasn't expecting to have to teach that. So I hadn't practiced it, but that's okay. I've done it you know, lots of times, whatever. I just hadn't practiced it in the moment because I like to practice everything I'm teaching, obviously, before I go out to teach it, just to make mm-hmm. sure I, A, have all the tools that I need, and B, just so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> ah, sometimes I'm sure I look like an idiot anyway, but that's all right. Yeah, but it was you, a lot of... <laughs> yeah. I know you were worried a little bit about uh, bringing all the tools you needed, so did you, you run into any uh, issues there? Well, yeah. The one tool I didn't bring was my plow plane because I figured we weren't we going to run do it. Okay. Hand. <laughs> that worked out well, but that's okay. Actually, one of the nice things about the Port Townsend School of Woodworking and, and several other schools I've been to is that they have a full kit or almost a full kit for every student. So we were able to make use of the, the facilities uh, tools. It wasn't a problem, but I had to acquaint myself with someone else's tools, which is always challenging if you're not used to them, but mm-hmm. it all worked out. Yeah. Well, if you ever need someone to slow down the class, just give me a call. I'll be happy to go there. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and yeah. I have to say, I was really encouraged. I had a young man in the class. He's 16 and he had no, he had, he'd helped his dad frame out a house, but, and his dad was there too, but he had never actually, I, if I'm, I think I'm right in saying this, he had never built a, a, a furniture type piece before. And his was seriously one of the best ones in the class. And I just loved having a 16 year old in there doing that and, and being interested in learning those skills. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, um, that that's amazing because a few years ago, everyone was worried about the death of woodworking and it seems to be a, <laughs> a renaissance. And I mean, just not only in that, but I mean, the books, I mean, you're publishing books. Chris is publishing so many books. I don't have time to buy and read them all. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think I got four that I bought from him in the last year that I, that I maybe cracked two of them, plus all the ones <laughs> I bought in years past. And I, I made that comment to him. I go, you're publishing faster than I can read. And he goes, I only got so many books I can publish in my lifetime. And I'm going to get right. them all. <laughs> to be fair, the front, um, yeah, one of, one of the things that I admire tremendously about what Chris and John have built at Lost Art Press is that unlike corporate publishing, their deadline is when the book is done and when it's good, when it's good and done, we will publish it and not a minute beforehand. Mm-hmm. It just turned out that, and I will do the same thing. It just turned out that they had a whole bunch of good books be done at the same time. So I know that their, their year was heavily front loaded. So exactly. Sean, Plus they have extra hands now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Sean, have you been to lost art press recently? Uh, the website? No, no. Or the, the, the site? I know. I, yeah. I, that's, that's as long as it's been since I've been down that way, albeit it's a short half afternoon's drive to get there. Yeah. I have not been to the storefront at all. Oh well, well, I'm sure. I, I know. I'm sure with the help of Megan, but um, that <laughs> he's created a little library back there that's just got some amazing, uh, just all kinds of reference books. You name it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like original Rubo books that are just simply well, what are they from? Like the 1770s. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. also has Falabian, which is about the same time, if not a little earlier, I think. Yeah, yeah. These these huge books with you know the actual, um, I guess yeah, copper. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The engravings, the copper plate 
engravings mm-hmm. and all that pressed in there. You can see where it was pressed into the wood pulp and the yep. detail in those books is just. Yeah, I, would I wish not... I could do books like that, but yeah. nobody can anymore. It's exactly. crazy. I mean, you can, but that's insanity. So. No. Yeah, I got I got the first Drubo book that he reproduced, and I was there when he had those. I probably the same books when he when he was just coming out with it. And yeah, WIA had brought yeah, them down for yeah. people. To yeah, see. Yep. so I yep. I got I got to see them up close then. But no, that's I've heard nothing but awesome things about his his bar turned storefront. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun to work out of. I'm down there probably three days a week. Because he yeah, has a faster connection on his internet. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, my bench is there. We moved all. That mm-hmm. was a weird day when we packed up the back of his truck. He and Brendan Gaffney helped me move all of my stuff out from Popwood. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I might have I might have had a tear in my eye. Maybe just one. Just one. Just anyway, one. Put seeing, we took my bench from the office down to there. So it. I like having it down there. It's fun to be working with with Chris again. So yeah. yeah. Does he, is he operating pretty much solely there now? Is he working in his basement still or? Uh, I'm pretty sure the only tools left in his basement and they're only there because we haven't moved them yet is his mortising machine, his hollow chisel mortiser. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's down at the okay. shop every day. Oh, that's excellent. So you guys yeah. got, you have your own little co-op now. Yes. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's his shop. We're just uh, privileged to work in it. And I appreciate every moment he, he lets me do that. So mm-hmm. good friendships uh, create things. Things that's right. It's that's fun. Right. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great little shop. And he got he has his new machine room and uh, I mean, the electric horse garage. Yeah, exactly. And you walk <laughs> in, you walk in there and go, okay, I've seen all the stuff he built. He's built it. Yeah, that's all he has. <laughs> I know. As far as power tools, I mean, you know, stationary power tools. I mean, you know, just yeah, the basics. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Those things are by hand. Yeah. I need to invite people over to my house. It's kind of funny to. I'm. I'm. I'm on my laptop right now, so I'm walking around while I talk to you, and I'm just staring at all the many pieces I've built for the magazine over the years. It's. It's kind of weird. It's like a little showroom, except that yeah. it's Yeah. Oh, it's that, yeah, you do. That would be fantastic. Because <laughs> that's one of the things I got a big kick when I was there uh, at uh, Lost Art Press headquarters was walking around. Yeah, I remember when that was on the cover. Uh-huh. And I remember exactly. when that was on the cover. And, mm-hmm. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then some stuff, I guess, you know, he has, a, you know, it looks like he has a pretty good eye for building things and then selling them pretty quickly. Because I noticed he has that, <laughs> that table, um, golly. What's the designer? Oh, the Enzo. Yeah, uh, Enzo yeah. Mari. Yeah, yeah. Yep, sca- yep. Me. Yeah, he built that table. I saw some blog posts on it, and while we were there, uh, the client came and picked it up. You know, and I think yeah. it's probably going to be in the magazine and probably a couple more issues or something. Um, I no longer know, but yeah. one would assume so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. It yeah. Was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I had an opportunity a couple of years ago to go to Weekend with Wood, and they <laughs> hold that at their publishing spot. So you right. to you like you can walk through their shop, and then right around the corner, it's pieces, and and for them, it's like oak bedroom sets, you know. Right. Kind of, and and everyone has a little placard that says "Featured in the 2006 whatever you know F, you know feature," and uh, that's that's a really cool thing to to, I mean. 
everyone gets these magazines. I the method I used to have, which was you pay for the wood and you get to take it home. I don't want to build all that and leave it at the office. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Also, they have a much larger office, Meredith Corporation. Oh, my gosh. It's well-heeled and uh, in the middle of a place where you can get lots of land. So. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that campus was pretty impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the early American um, and industries. EAIA, early EAI, American in- industries association, right? Yes. yes. Well, I'm very excited about that because it sort of uh, dovetails two of the things I like most together into one job, and that's history and tools. And it's not just woodworking tools. What the EAIA does is champion and share scholarship on the tools and trades that help to build America. So it's not a whole bunch of how to build something, but it's the tools that help to build it. And the the men and women who are in the organization, goodness, are just so amazing. The depth of knowledge is truly astounding. Mm -hmm. And it was just really fascinating to to meet all these people who specialize in, in this one thing. A lot of them are collectors and they have, an unbelievable array of like every Stanley product ever made or every Miller's Falls uh, drill ever made. And then there are people who are, who collect ice fish or not ice fishing, ice equipment, you know, like mm-hmm. the batons and, and the ice saws right. and uh, blacksmithing and, and sewing. And it's, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, fascinated by by the amount of, of information that people can hold in their heads on the on these fairly arcane topics which mm-hmm. you know i shouldn't be surprised because i do that with i don't know say shakespeare yeah but mm-hmm. uh but being able to help share that scholarship and and working on it and editing that and working with the authors is going to be a lot of fun and i cannot wait to get started on mm-hmm. it now, so are most of the fun. members collectors I believe most of the members are collectors, okay. but a lot of them also are makers in their own right. Mm-hmm. And they have a, an auction, a silent auction every year to help uh, raise money for the organization at the annual meeting. And they may do it at the smaller meetings too, the regional ones. I'm not sure yet. I'll be attending one soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I wish I had realized that because I have a cup. I would have liked to have taken something up and donated it. But there's some beautiful work shown. You know, in addition to the collecting, the actual using of the tools. Although I don't think people are using their still-in-the-box number one Stanley plane. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they are. I don't know. But I saw, I don't know, five or six of those. I'm like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And there were some Henley Opticals, uh, just some really rare tools on display there. And they let you pick them up. It was amazing. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Mm. That's really cool. I'm just looking at their website, um, and they're just going through, like a I don't know if it's a, yeah. it's a blog post, but there's a just the photos showing like the the variety of things that are in there. I mean, it's, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it's glass cutting and right. and and uh, woodworking and then big machinery and quilting and mm-hmm. you know that's such a wide array. That's really really neat. Yeah. Right. And I just think you know, and and sharing that information freely. Uh, you know, the the chronicle is. Well, I shouldn't say it's free because it's a me- it's two members. So, but if you're a member of the organization, you get the Chronicle, mm-hmm. and it's four times a year, assuming I do my job, <laughs> which mm-hmm. of course I will. And it is mostly tools in the Chronicle, woodworking tools. But I'm I'm hoping to get more uh, other crafts uh, represented as well. 
Yeah. Now they had another publication. I guess that's more of a, a web-based publication called, I think, the Shavings or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shavings is their new, is the newsletter, and newsletter. I'm not working on that. John okay. Verrill, who's the executive director, uh, puts that together. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I I glanced through the last issue and I saw the Welcome to Megan's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I should also mention it is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. Oh, so there you if go. you become a member. Your donation is deductible. Well, what I thought was fascinating when I was doing a little research on that is, you know, you think Early American Industries Association, but it was founded in like the 1930s, I believe. Yeah, 1933, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And then incorporated in the early 40s. So, um, well, right when the changeover happened, really, when you started seeing. Yeah, yeah. sorry, that's probably what you were going to say. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was wondering, so what do they consider early American uh, industry? Pre-industrial, okay. Now, that said, some some of the Chronicle coverage does cover later tools, because if you start a a series of articles on, say, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to say the Stanley number one plane because it pops in my head. You don't want to just stop if there were two more of them after 1920. You're going to cop- cover those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, generally it's it's pre-industrial. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So I'm really looking forward to getting started on that. It'll be a lot of fun. Ooh, and in a weird synergistic moment in my life, uh, Joshua <laughs> Klein's new book, um, Hands Employed to Write, uh, about Jonathan Fisher yeah. started out as a grant. Uh, the re- a re- he got one up that he was partially funded by a research grant from EAIA, which I think he got four years ago. And mm. so I'm hoping to excerpt part of that book in an upcoming issue of the Chronicle because they helped to fund a little bit of the research. And of course, his book just came out from Lost Art Press. It went to the printer two days ago. So it's just weird how. But it's a very small world in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you just read my mind because I was going to ask you about that book and how it might play in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. There, yeah, there you go. There you go. Obviously, so, his research yeah. went well beyond the, the yeah. short term period of that grant. And it's an, I, I didn't actually copy edit that one. So I haven't read it yet. I've read parts of it. So mm. I have not read it. So I'm really looking forward to it. Normally I have read, or often I have read the books before they go to press. This one I haven't, but it's the one that I absolutely should have because I need to get an excerpt from it or get him to write something different on Fisher for, for the Chronicle, one of the two. Obviously I can't do a book review on it though because I also work for Chris and for Josh, so that would be mm. really, really weird. So <laughs> mm. like my worlds are kind of bumping in a weird way right now. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, so, uh, so what else you got working now? You got the classes coming up. Any, uh, anything that people can still register for? I don't think I have any openings in any of my upcoming classes right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, often someone will have to drop out unexpectedly at the last moment, you know, due to, due to whatever, cause life happens and that's understandable. But if you keep an eye on my blog, which is rudemechanicalspress.wordpress.com. There's also a link from my main site to the blog and on the Lost Art Press blog. If we have openings in classes, they show up there. I know right now there's an opening in Daniel Clay's chip carving class, and I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so we put up new classes there. And rumor has it a very popular teacher will be stepping back into the teaching ring next year, and that's all I'm going to say. But. Keep an eye on the on the blog site. So. Mm, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Let the speculation begin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, it is an entry. That's a great place to take a class. I had an absolutely fabulous time the week I was there, and uh, it's fun to be making shavings. And Chris Schwartz come along behind you, or Megan, or Brandon with the broom sweeping up, and then you're just going, <laughs> "Wait a minute, Isn't this, shouldn't this be reversed?" <laughs> Wait, I actually picked up a broom. That's amazing. You should have gotten a picture. I, I of that. think you were holding the dustpan. <laughs> ah, that's that's likely. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm but, sorry I had to miss the end of the class. I mean, I was going up to the yeah. the Chronicle the AIA meeting, so I was happy to do that, but I really wanted to see how everyone's chair came out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you're sharing yours on Instagram. I can see it there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, I, I like I said it came out wonderful. I still just just a few little uh touch-ups here and there and uh off to finish and and done, but um Good. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'd encourage anyone to uh, to take a class there at uh, at the Lost Art Press headquarters. It's absolutely fabulous. And if you got to travel in, I really had a fantastic time in Covington. There is just tons and tons of stuff to do, and it's such a quaint little community too. It is. I like Covington. Yeah. I yeah, of course I... like Northside better because that's where I live. But... <laughs> <laughs> Covington is a close second. I'll give it that. <laughs> I had a I had a coworker that was coming down to watch a couple of baseball games in Cincinnati, and he was asking me. He knew I'd gone down there for a couple of events, and uh, I I had said you got to check out the Keystone because you mm-hmm. got to get the mac and cheese there, and you got yeah, that's good. That's about as far as he went into Covington, but I like there's <laughs> so much to be there. It's uh, and and they loved it thankfully, and like he's like, good. yep, it was easy to get across the river and check it out. It is. Cincinnati is a great town, and that's why one can afford to be a woodworking hobo, is because it doesn't cost much here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can afford to run a small business out of your house and still pay the mortgage. At least I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Buy my book. Buy my book. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be in trouble. I will say, though, because having had a steady paycheck for a long time, you, I kind of got used to thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just buy that. Not a problem. And now I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'll ever get this house done because I'm afraid to spend any money. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you just never know. I understand it takes about five years to get over that. So I've got, you know, three and a half, four and a half to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my new excuse for not refinish or not finishing the front staircase. I still have the death trap stairs with no balustrade. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Uh. So I take there. the back stairs. It's fine. Yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> so are you going to do all the balusters yourself, turn them? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, I've looked at all of the online sites that I can find for architectural mm-hmm. salvage. And apparently they made them special for this house and made them for nowhere else in the entire world. Oh, and I my still have, no, I still have some of the original ones and they're at the, you know, they're, they're at the top in the top hallway. So of course I want everything to match. Uh, so mm. I need to make them myself, I guess, and that's fine. I just not the world's best turner because it's not something I spent a lot of time doing. But I bet I'll be pretty good at that one spindle type by the time I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is but it a, forty? Ought to be awfully good. Yeah. Is is <laughs> it is it a complicated thing or is it a? It's pretty... really not. It's it's okay. uh, it's not complicated. It's just doing it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll get around to it. <laughs> well, watch Peter Galbraith's uh, video three or four times. And... Oh, I got a in lesson, an in person lesson from oh. Al Sharp, mm. from Peter Galbert, wow. from other people. No, I have no excuse other than I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. 
because I have 20,000 other things going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you post, didn't you post a picture after Peter Galbraith's with, you know, just like a basket full of uh, spindles? Yeah. Those were the throwaways, yeah. but they were, those were chair spindles. And so a couple of people, I think they were trying to be funny, said you should use those on your staircase, but they're too narrow and too yeah. short. But, uh, but, but it looked like there was at least maybe two chairs, maybe three chairs in there. <laughs> <laughs> None of them match, though, but I think that oh. would be kind of charming. You could make one that's... Uh, uh, yeah. Every, match, yeah. Every spindle is different. <laughs> Man, that would really annoy some people. I should do that. Oh, that would. <laughs> I could put it on my half-finished... I could put them on my half-finished Welsh stick chair because I have two extra seats in my basement from the video we shot years ago, or two uh-huh. years ago, with Don Weber. Yeah. I should put them on that chair seat and then put Peter's spindles down below. <laughs> and let's see. I can cobble together other bits and pieces from half-finished projects. That would be hilarious. <laughs> what is that? Dear God, what is that exactly. thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I should just build my bathroom can at Vanity and built in. Yeah, that's Top probably more practical. Yeah. Sorry. The other one's more fun. No, that's fine. That's fine. So, is there anything else you'd like to highlight? Who, me? Yes, you. Yeah, oh, you. Uh, uh, no, I think I've babbled on enough about <laughs> Mechanics Companion. I haven't mentioned the cats other than now twice. Uh, nobody wants to hear about them anyway. <laughs> I will say they were absolutely no help with the packing. They kept trying to walk over the, the packages as I was folding up each book. And I'm sure they wanted to help or they just wanted me to pay attention to them. But I swear that's why it took an extra day. Mm-hmm. So apologies on their behalf for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your customers will understand. Yes. Oh, I hope so. A little cat <laughs> hair in every box. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Makes it special. <laughs> <laughs> what I go for. There you go. Well, that that's uh, you know all fantastic. I think that rolls us right into our fortnightly drink choice. I know Diami always likes to say beer choice, and I say drinks because not everyone drinks beer. Mm. So. Uh, I, I think I can start if that's all right. That's fine. Um, fine. So, uh, down your way, uh, Megan, Rheingeist mm-hmm. there in Cincinnati, who I learned a bunch about my, my buddy went down there. Uh, they're in, they're operating in an old Christian Moreland brewery. Right. They've like opened up in there and currently, apparently they have a full dinosaur on loan from one of the, or from the museum. As really? doing, yeah. They've got something near brontosaurus size <laughs> in in their building hmm. wasn't and the brontosaurus he, renamed something else yeah it, it is it's like something and it has a different name it has very thick legs and a long tail it looks like a yes. brontosaurus made. yeah and a different yes. head and yeah 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 but uh so i the rheingeist i is a is a new i, I didn't realize they've only been around for five years mm-hmm. they brewed first in 2013 and they are everywhere i don't know if they're everywhere in texas kyle but Mm. I see them in gas stations, mm. grocery stores. Their distributorship is phenomenal. Anyway, so I picked up one I hadn't tried before called Press Tart. And if anybody knows me, they know I like sour beers. And I'm weird like that, and that's fine. But this is a – it. it well, i got to read it. So it is – it's a Berliner Weiss with brambles, brambleberries and marionberries smashed into them. Mm. So it's like a sweet berry sour Berliner Weiss. 
It's very I have not interesting. tried that one. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm guessing if you could get on tap, it'd be even better. I have it in a can, so it's mm-hmm. whatever. But it's uh, it's very good if you're into that kind of thing. It has that sourness to it, so tread yeah. lightly. Exactly, exactly. I'm not much <laughs> of a sour beer, but I appreciate I appreciate it though. But yeah, maybe I'll have to give it a shot. Uh, yeah. I've had a few sour beers, and none none of them have really swayed me, but. Yeah. And that's I get. Yeah. If you can find a place where you mm-hmm. can buy singles or get a taster mm-hmm. if it's on tap, go for it. Yeah. Oh, I have no fear. I I bought the six yeah. pack and I'm almost done with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Once again, I'll do another uh, local uh, craft brewery, and this one is is similar to yours. Uh, called uh, the brewery's called St. Arnold, and uh, they're a Houston uh, craft brewery, and they've been around since the mid '90s, and they have a, quite a Large distribution area too, but I'm not sure if it gets up uh, toward y'all's. But uh, yes, I say I've heard of them, so yeah, they're not there yet. Not there yet. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm drinking their uh, summer pills, which is a beer I think they developed in the late '90s, and it's won a bunch of awards. But it's basically a uh, it's a pilsner. It's their um, kind of their summer beer, um, and they come out with it every summer. And it's kind of a malty, hoppy with a little body to it. Um, and it's uh, it's really good. Uh, they use fine German malt in it and uh, imported hops. And I believe the hops come from most all their hops come from Czech. So, um, mm. but it's a it's a great beer. And uh, like I said, they're a local brewery, and uh, um, it's 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 an interesting place to visit too. So if you're ever in the neighborhood, <laughs> I can take you there along with. I don't know. I think it's across the U.S., uh, especially in this area. And I know in um, Cincinnati, Covington area, I mean, you throw a stone, you're going to hit a craft brewery. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> yeah, that's something I, I, as I was looking up yeah. things about the, the Cincinnati area, that it was some like 35 breweries at one point in yeah. in that German district up there. Oh. Yeah, and uh it's it's still heavy with that. And even now in my area, I'm on the total north side of the state, and there's little little and they may not be breweries, but different tap houses are showing up. We've got mm-hmm. a place that just opened up in the last year called the oh what is it, the casual pint that just mm-hmm. has fifty taps. Mm-hmm. And you go, Whoa, okay, fine. You like <laughs> I'll try them all. <laughs> yeah, like like sign me up. And uh so it, it's all good stuff. Yeah, we got some like that. Uh, there's a local pub around here that I go to all the time, and yeah, they got like you know forty, fifty taps, always revolving. So you're all, every mm-hmm. time you're in there, let me try that. You know? And, yeah, exactly. What do you yeah. have this time? Yeah. Well, if you're ever in Cincinnati and have a free two hours, there's actually fascinating tours of the loggering tunnels because it was all logger and it had to be kept in the cool spaces under the city. Mm-hmm. So these are from the 1800s, and you can take a tour down there now. And it's very cool. It's like being in the catacombs of a European of a old European church. Oh wow! It's a lot of fun. Yes, I um, didn't. Know, I didn't know they had that down there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And they keep finding more of them because there's so much renovation going on. They'll, they'll start to work on a building and find yet another loggering tunnel. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Right? Yeah. Are they are they protected for historic reasons? Well, I think they're 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 part of the building and part of the property. So. Okay. But they are open for the tours, so I don't know if they're protected. I mean, I don't think they're on the National Trust for Historic Preservation right. or anything like right. that. But but they're certainly kept up in a, now in a condition where people can visit some of them at least. So yeah, that's pretty, pretty neat. Cool. So 
Play so it. I'm, May, I'm supposed what are you to talk about my beer. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just recently started drinking beer. That's also Christopher Schwarz's fault. But hey, it's cheaper, <laughs> cheaper than the bourbon that I usually drink. So exactly. I'm gonna go ultra local, and it is also a goes a sour beer, mm. and it is the last one I have, and it's a seasonal, and they're not making it again oh. until next year. It's from Urban Artifact, which is so local that I could walk there if I wanted to. It's about a mile and a half from my house in the neighborhood. And this one is called Gyroscope, and it is a goze that has something like a pint of raspberries in every can or something crazy like that. <laughs> so it's sour but sweet uh, with the raspberry fruit uh, undertones, not undertones, overtones. And as soon as I drink this last one, I'll switch to their other summer beer, which they'll have out all throughout the summer, which is called Key Punch. And Key Punch is absolutely delicious and refreshing, and it is why I started drinking beer. So <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I have another goes oh, It's wild yeast, which is really cool. So all the uh, yeast is okay. like pulled in from the air. I don't really understand how that works, but I'm assured that it's really nifty. So Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking. At some point, I've had Urban Artifact. I don't know how or when, but well, I did. They do distribute. I just think to yeah, date and yeah. sensitivity right now, but they're growing. Not too yeah. fast, I hope. It may have been there. when I was when I was down there. Yeah, I, I, I think the last man, WIA. We, yeah. Urban. Well, no, because they just opened in 2014. So oh, I don't know. would have been. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I found it somewhere. Are you down for a Lee Nielsen event after that, though? I was not. Not sure. I don't know why. No. Never I was. I was try. I. I can never get there. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so that just about wraps us up for this show. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. There, you'll be sure to never miss any of our new exciting episodes. While you're there, leave us a review. And thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like us on the MWA Facebook page. The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussions with you and everyone. So before we go, Megan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, one the number one one snug the joiner, and on my blog or my website rudemechanicalspress dot com or rudemechanicalspress dot com. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, on social medias, I'm usually Sean W seventy eight, or just spell my name and find me on Facebook. Uh, Diami is at Penultimate Woodshop and at Diami Plotkey on most social medias. Kyle, how about you? I'm at uh, Barton.Kyle on Instagram. Excellent. Well, Megan, thank you for coming on with us. It was great talking sure. to you again. Likewise. Yes, thank you so much. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. And, uh, get out there and everyone read some Shakespeare. <laughs> and, and and some Nicholson. And, and yes. they, okay, Nicholson yeah, read, first, read, then Shakespeare. Nicholson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>